Shabbat Shalom. How are you? Are you enjoying yourself in church? Don't enjoy too much, okay? Because we are supposed to go out. Amen. Now, those of you who have missed the concert, uh, we are going to do another one, I think, most likely. But I want to just share some testimony because my aunt came yesterday night and uh, this aunt, uh, I've invited her to come to church for the longest time. She has never really come to a service before, but she came for the concert and she really enjoyed it. And she's not the only one. Uh, yesterday night, I was talking to an elderly man and uh, he said that he has always enjoyed Chinese orchestra. And he has always heard about the fusion between Chinese orchestra, Erhu, and all the, you know, the violin and whatnot, but he has never, right, he has never heard something like a fusion. And he said, tonight, I finally enjoy this. Thank you so much. And so, please give yourself a round of applause because we did this together. And there are many, many testimonies I wish we can tell you more. But other than just what happened last two nights, we also have the women at Kus. They actually returned from Batam. And I tell you, they got amazing stories upcoming. And for those of you who are interested to go to Batam to do some mission trip, actually the upcoming men at Kus, uh, they are not doing a retreat. Uh, I realize every time I'm involved in it, I realize it's always going to be a mission trip. Because they are going to bring 250 children to the retreat. So if you are interested in helping these children, I do encourage you to go out there later and sign up with Manekus. But today, I want to share something. It is about participation. Can we all say participation? So can you humor me by participating a game that I'm going to ask you to do together? Can we play games in church? Icebreaker, huh? simple one. Huh? Okay, so for this game, you need to stretch out your hand like this. Okay, so stretch out your left hand to the person beside you. Okay, so if you are sitting very far away, just stretch further. Huh? And then your other hand, put your pointer on the palm of the other person. Very simple, right? So put the pointer on... Hey, some of you don't know your left and right. Huh? So, okay, your left hand, put out the palm. Your right hand, put out the finger on the person's palm. Right? Have you got that? At the count of three, I want you to grab the finger and don't let your finger be grabbed by the person at the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. All right. How many of you are caught? Okay, I let you have a revenge. Huh? Turn the other side. Now, your right side, put out a palm. One, two, three, go. All right. Thank you for being sporting. How many of you were caught? Right. Now, the purpose for telling you this is that you need to hold on to things that are important. Amen? And you need to let go of things that are not important. Now, I think these few nights, for me especially, my mindset has been broken. I believe that some of you felt the same way. We are not sure whether this orchestra is going to work. You know what? We are holding on to a lot of old wine skin, a lot of old ways of doing this. But this is the first time. I think we are doing orchestra in Church of Our Savior. And God is changing our mindset. Amen? God is changing the way we do things. And we need to hold on to God's ideas and God's vision and God's direction. Amen? But the most important thing we need to hold on to is Christ Himself. The Bible says in Matthew 13, there was a man who actually went out to the field. The kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in a field where this man found and covered it up. 
And then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that few. Now the expression and response of a man who found treasure is excitement, elation, and is willing to give up anything, anything for that treasure. And I believe the treasure is found in Christ Jesus. Amen? If Jesus Christ is truly our treasure that is sent from heaven, from our heavenly Father to humanity, then whosoever believes in Him, be found by Him, and found Him to be true, we need to hold on to Him. We need to hold on to Christ like a dear treasure. And today, I want to talk about treasuring Christ in your life. You know, when I was preparing this message and writing this title down, my wife you know, walk by, and I thought it sounds like treasure wife in your life. <laughs> and I told her that it sounds like that, and she just struck her shoulder and gave me the man look. <laughs> so I told her that if I treasure Christ more, I will treasure you more also. Then she struck her shoulder and man again. <laughs> that to all of us who believe in Jesus Christ, I think it is important for us to look at the example of those who have treasured Christ in their life. And to me, I would consider the Apostle Paul as one. Because the Apostle Paul, originally known as Saul, was known to be the Apostle to the Gentiles. Born a Jew in Tarsus, in Asia Minor, he was trained as a rabbi, earned his living as a tent maker, he's a zealous Pharisee, he persecuted the first Christian until he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he was dramatically changed and transformed. When he found Christ, he was willing to give up anything and did everything to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. This was a man that I would think that treasured Christ in all his life. And I want to be like this man. And of course, Peter Sukahira reminded us we are to follow Jesus, right? But because he said in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he said this, guys, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So I think that's kind of knowing who you are imitating to become. If we treasure Christ in our lives, then I think you will be different. You will be fully transformed. And he wrote many letters. In one of the prison letters, he wrote to the Philippians. He said this. Can we read this together? Verse 7. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father, help us to treasure you with all our heart, just like how Paul treasure you. And we pray that, Lord, even as we hear your word, may you put in our heart and let your word go forth and accomplish what it seeks to accomplish. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for those of us who have read the letter to the Philippians, 
you may have known that at this point of time, Paul was writing in prison some 10 years after he started the church in Philippi. Now, he was writing this because the first time he actually went to Philippi was in his second missionary journey. How did Paul end up in Philippi and started the church there? In Acts 16, we read of how Paul was restrained by the Holy Spirit. You see, Paul was about to go to Asia Minor to share the gospel there. But yet, in that very night, in Acts 16, verse 9, it says, The vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia. I mean, in my mind, would be like, Amor coming, right? In that vision, the man come and say that, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so Paul, after seeing this vision, felt compelled to go to Philippi. And he went to Philippi, which is an important Roman colony at a point of time where many retired Roman soldiers dwell. And in the story, you will find that in Acts 16, it was recorded for us three testimony. And here I will tell you, brothers and sisters in Christ, those of you who have testimony, share it so that we can all be encouraged by it. So we have the testimony link. Please click on the link. Please memorize the link. We have been receiving testimonies, but I tell you, when you have such stories, it makes the Bible come alive. In Acts 16, when Paul was there, there was three stories of conversion. The first story was about Lydia, who was a businesswoman. She was selling purple goods, she was selling purple cloth, mainly because the Roman people find that expensive cloth to be, you know, well-liked. And she was actually from another city called Thyatira. And when she was there, Paul was speaking to this group of people and she was converted. And then later on, we read about this slave girl that was possessed. And she has a spirit of divination and was used and abused by people. And Paul delivered her from the spirit. And then what happened? She, he was caught together with Silas, thrown into prison. And you know the story in Acts 16, when Paul and Silas was in prison, they were worshipping God, the, the earth shook, and then the prisoners' chains fell off. And then the jailer and the family accepted Jesus Christ and became Christians. Now, what does this tell us? To me, it just probably showed that the gospel impacted people of different backgrounds. So when Paul was there, the gospel spread to people of higher status, lower status, different uh, background and environment. And so the church in Philippi started with all these different backgrounds and people from different society status. And they come together and the church grew. And 10 years later, when Paul was writing the letter to the Philippian church, he found them to be full of joy. And in fact, the word joy and rejoice was repeated about 16 times. The gospel was repeated about nine times. And this is a church that was doing well, thriving. Much like Church of Our Savior, we were doing well, we're thriving, but yet it was not without its challenges. Because in chapter 3, when we have read this, when Paul says, you know, I've, I've considered all things as rubbish, before that, he told the church that there are people you need to be aware of. Because there were false teaching coming to the church. And he said, look out for these dogs, look out for the evildoers. He called them dogs, called them evildoers, he called them mutilators. And who are these people? These are people who believe that you need to be circumcised to be saved. And they probably are the ones that went and, uh, you know, affect uh, the, the church in Galatia. 
And the Judaizers that come here are the people that Paul was telling the church to beware of. They are people who have led the church astray and starting talking about being made righteous to circumcision. And for the Philippian Christian, these Judaizers have come with a sense of religious superiority. But yet, Paul continued in his letter to say that it's not just this, but probably this teaching has caused some disunity in the church. They are not united because in chapter 4, verse 1, he said this, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syndiki to agree in the Lord. I'm not sure whether you have ever had arguments in a cell group. I suppose so. And so if you have argument in the church, it's normal because even in such a good church, you have arguments. And to which Paul says, be united. And at that point of time, Paul was probably frustrated at those people who were kind of sharing and, and, and saying a different theology from him. And so in verse 4, Paul says this, If anyone else thinks that he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Paul was trying to kind of say that, you know, if you want to boast about the flesh, I have more to boast. I've got all these status, these things that I hold on to, I can hold on to them. But yet, in verse 7, he said this, Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. And so today, I want us to be reminded that Paul, that this man of God, how he held on to Jesus Christ as treasure, was that the first thing, he count all things as loss. Whatever that is to his gain, whatever status that he has, he count them as loss. Amen? But it's easier said than done, isn't it? I wonder if, I ask you this question, what would be your answer? What do you value most in life? What are the things that you hold on to now? Maybe it's your family, maybe are things. Now, in order to test how dearly you hope for it, uh, hold on to it for life, you can try to throw it away. Now, my wife, when she was young, she was given this doll. Alright? And she, she really loved this doll. She grew up with this doll. She slept with this doll. And it was so dear to her, when she was sick, she was sent to the hospital. The father would have to go back home to bring this doll to her. But when we were about to get married, to me, this doll is dirty and ugly. <laughs> and most of the cotton has come off the head and it looks quite scary. Uh, it was once thrown into the pail of water by the brother and then came off with a dark stain and it, was, it never came off again. But to her, she would always stroke the doll and then fell asleep stroking the doll. And she said, I need this doll to sleep, you know. But I said, we're going to get married. <laughs> now, this doll cannot come between us. <laughs> right? You don't need to hug this doll, you can hug me. <laughs> and so she did a barrier, took up a newspaper, wrapped the doll and threw it into the rubbish. Uh, but because recently she looked at me, she said, you know, I miss my doll because you're always disappearing. <laughs> but when she threw away the doll, she felt sad. And I could see how much value... It was to her. So some people are attached to things, but some people are attached to things that has value. You know, when I was sharing this story, one of the pastors came and, you know, she, he shared a story of his own. He said that a long time ago when people were buying Hello Kitty, you remember the Hello Kitty queue? That people queue up. He queued up three hours for the Hello Kitty and I said, what is it for? 
And I, I saw in his testimony, he said he was queuing up because he, he was told that if you, if you buy this Hello Kitty and wait for another 10 years, this Hello Kitty from $5 will become $50 or even $500. And he queued up for three hours just to buy the Hello Kitty cat, not realizing that one day the mom found it and said that the Hello Kitty got this dragon there and cut the dragon out. <laughs> And and he said, there goes my $500 or $50 worth. <laughs> it devalue it. Now, whatever it is that you are valuing, I want you to know that Paul says whatever gain he had. He says, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. What gain did Paul have? He was a Jew, which means to say he was God's chosen people, a descendant of Abraham. He was a Pharisee of Pharisee. He was a religious leader. He was also a Roman citizen, which means to say he has rights from citizenship. But yet, Paul says this, For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. I think the, the Greek word here is dung, is, is waste. And I think it is important for us to see that all the things that make Paul to, to have the society, identity and status, he count them as lost and rubbish in order to gain Christ. What about us? You see, for me, when I look at, in the Bible, I see Paul has many different identities. He's a Jew, he was a Pharisee, he was a Roman citizen, but yet when Christ came into his life, he always called himself, he's the apostle of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. And also, he called himself a servant. And now he was writing from prison, calling himself a prisoner of Christ Jesus. And so, friends, today I urge you in order for us to truly treasure Christ in our lives, we need to let go of things. Do not let your possessions possess you. Do not let your status be so overwhelming that you are holding on to the status and titles as though it is so important because you can never bring all this thing back in heaven. Trust in Him. Let go of this. And consider all these things that you have gained in this world as rubbish compared to gaining Christ. And that's what Paul is saying. You know, recently I was talking to a lot of young people and I realized that young people nowadays is very concerned about the brand of clothes they are wearing. No wonder, you know, some of these uh, department stores uh, that are holding kids wear are actually making a lot of money. Because branding has become young people's identity. What are you seeking after? I love the story of this missionary that I've uh, read before. His name is City Start. You see, City Start to me was a little bit like Paul. Now he had many things in his life that he could boast about. He came from a wealthy family, very rich parents. He's a second generation, uh, born in a Christian family. And so he's rich. He's a cricket player, very talented cricket player that can represent England. He graduated from Cambridge University, so he's also very smart. In fact, he later on became one of the Cambridge Seven that went to China under Hudson Taylor and became a missionary. And just when he was going through all this, you know, one of the things that he said in his conversion experience, he said this, I know that cricket will not last, and order will not last, and nothing in this world will last, but it was worthwhile living for the world to come. 
And in his experience of his conversion, he, he backslided and he came back to God and he gave his life fully to God. When his father died while he was in China, he gave away his inheritance, the entire inheritance that was meant for him. Now to me, I would be wondering, well, why don't you keep some of the inheritance to support yourself? But he gave it all away, recognizing that his mission work was based on faith, prayer to God, and trust in God. So he gave away his entire inheritance, specifying some to be given to a Bible institute, Moody Bible Institute, some to be given to George Muller, who also lived on faith and by faith, and some to be given to some of the work to the poor and others in India. He later on started a mission agency called WEC, World Evangelization for Christ, and still today is sending out missionaries. In fact, I graduated from one of the Bible colleges that they had started in Tasmania. And one of the quotes that he said was this, If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. What are you holding on that is so valuable to you that you could not let go? And today we are confronted with many things. And if you want to treasure Christ in your life, you need to consider whatever to you as gain to become rubbish and lost. Number two, I think Paul see knowing Christ as a priority. And so today, we need to make knowing Christ as your priority. How much do you know Jesus? Someone says this, The goal of Christianity is not more knowledge, but to know Christ more. It's not knowing more about what the Bible teaches, but it's to apply what the Bible is teaching. It's to live in and through Christ so that you can behave and become like Christ. It is knowing Him deeper. It's a bit like marriage, right? I mean, if you ask a husband or a wife, and the wife will probably know a lot about a husband, but not the other way around sometimes. So there was a story about this man who asked the father, he said, Dad, I just heard that in some countries, the groom does not know his bride until after he's married. And his, his dad replied, well, that is true in all countries. Even to today, I still do not know much about your mom. <laughs> and I think as a couple, you know, married for many years, there are still things to be discovered, isn't it? You go deeper. And for Paul, I would wonder to myself, did he not know Jesus Christ? I believe he did. And yet in verse 8, he says, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, in order that I may gain Christ. In verse 10, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. Did Paul not know Jesus Christ? Did Paul not understand the power of the resurrection of Jesus? Paul was the one that touched people and he raised the dead. His handkerchief was given to people and the sick was healed. He knew the power of the resurrection of Jesus. He knew who Jesus was. He treasured Jesus. And yet Paul is saying, you know what? I want to know God more. I want to know Jesus Christ more. And if Paul is saying that, friends... Let us make knowing Christ as our top priority. When you wake up the first thing in the morning, seek Jesus. Talk to Him. Love Him. Enjoy Him. Because who you spend time with is who you become. That's why you see some couple, they look like one another. 
But nowadays, people don't spend time with one another. They spend, spend time with pets. Uh. So <laughs> the hairstyle also almost the same. You can see the similarities. Uh. Even long hair also, you know. <laughs> you know, I, little I found out there's one for priests, uh, so one, one dog. <laughs> but Paul, you know, much later on in verses 13 and 14, he says this very famous two verses. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I love it. This whole chapter, Paul was just sharing his heart, sharing his passion, sharing his love for Jesus Christ. To which he said that I know that I, I have not got it all still. I'm not perfect. But forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. He knew that there, were, there was work for him to do as long as he's alive. So there's no retirement plan for you. Amen? We just keep going until we meet Jesus because that's the call of God in our lives. You may go slower, but you keep going. Now, I love the story of Tim Tebow, one of the very celebrated former NFL star. Now, so for those of you who know his story, when he was playing the finals, he was always putting up, you know, verses on his face. So once he was putting Philippians 4.13, and, and those many non-Christians who love him, they do not know what that means, so they started Google and Googling. And in fact, one of them said, are you naming this? My name is Philip. <laughs> and on the final day, he actually painted John 3.16. And many people Googled that. And so he's a great Christian. He loved the Lord. And in one of his testimonies, he said this. He said, um, you know, he said, he said, passion. He said, passion is something you're willing to suffer for. And I remember when he was sharing about a matter that he was receiving, he received the medal, and the next week he went to Thailand for a mission trip. And in Thailand, or in Philippines, he, he saw great crowd uh, coming together, begging for food. And they were queuing up to get food, and there were people wearing, you know, uh, torn t-shirts. And there was a kid wearing his jersey, but really skinny. And he saw them, and he said this to the congregation. He said that, straight away, I thought about the medal I received just a week before. He said, all these things that I have. This person, this kid, do not even know what this jersey represents, but all that he needed was food. And he said that I, I have, I've been passionate about football. I've been so passionate about it that I'm willing to suffer for it. Sometimes when he sprained his ankle, he will go out to play it still. And he said that's what passion is all about. That's why he said the passion of Christ is sometimes about that. But he said that I've been passionate so much for football, but I wouldn't say the same for missions and for the Lord. In comparison, I've never, you know, lost a hand, lost a leg for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so out of which, he challenged the church to say that if you are truly passionate for something, you'll be willing to sacrifice. You'll be willing to suffer. You'll be willing to sleep less. You'll be willing to go a little bit more. You'll be willing to sow and invest in people who are broken, who are needy. You'll be willing. Because that's what passion is all about. And Paul was passionate. 
Because in 2 Corinthians 6, he says this, As servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in affliction, hardship, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. In all ways, he was better, and yet he said, I desire to do this so that I can know Christ and the power of his resurrection, to share in his suffering so that I can become more like him in his death. And so friends, make knowing Christ your priority. And finally, live as citizens of heaven. Live as citizens that come from God. Because in Philippians 3 verse 20, it says this, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Now to Paul, while we are waiting for Christ's coming, let us remember that your citizenship is not here. Now in Paul's time, Roman citizenship was a big deal. It was a big deal and that's why in Acts 16 you read of how Paul used his citizenship. Because when he was caught and beaten, he said that we are Roman citizens. How can you beat us and just let us out secretly? Send us out. So he was using his Roman citizenship. Now, if you do not know some history, you know, Philippi used to be a small farming area. In fact, in the Greek, uh, in Macedonia, under the Greek rulership, they were not very significant. But there was a very uh, important time in history where the Romans were having civil war. In the past, there was this war in 42 BC that was a battle at Philippi. And in this battle, there was a civil war between few generals. In fact, there was one uh, a group of uh, generals that was leading legions by the name of Antony and Octavian. They were fighting against these two other generals called Brutus and Gaius. Now, to cut the long story short, it was a brutal battle at the Battle of Philippi. Now, why did this battle happen? Because two years ago, they just assassinated their dictator, Julius Caesar. Caesar. And so there was this fight that's happening in an internal war. And so out of this fight, now, who came as victory? Antony and Octavian defeated the other two. Okay, so much later, this Octavian defeated Antony. So they had all this internal fight going on in that war. So from a Roman Republic, it became a Roman Empire. And this guy, Octavian, became the emperor. The first emperor in the Roman Empire. And this is also the emperor where Jesus was born. He was still around. Now you must understand this history was very important because it was him who actually declared Philippi to be a Roman colony. Now, why is this so important? Because when it became a Roman colony, many of these retired soldiers came over to this place and start having settlements. You know, they migrate to this place, enjoy a lifetime, you know, and they, 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 they live as Roman citizens. Now, in order to be a Roman citizen, there are three, three ways you can be a Roman citizen, right? First of all, you're born into it. Secondly, you can pay a lot of money to get your Roman citizenship. And finally, if you serve the country well or you have done something great for the country, you'll be given Roman citizenship. So it's a big deal. And so in this place, you will see that there are two classes of people, people with Roman citizenship and people without Roman citizenship. And with a citizenship, it comes with its privileges. 
And so it is almost like our passport, right? Those who have a Singapore passport, you know that you can travel many places. And in our final time, I like to remind us that Paul, when he was talking about how Christ can be your treasure in your life, he finally ended in this chapter to remind all of us that we belong to heaven. And if you belong to heaven, you have the benefits of the kingdom. Your identity is a child of God. Your authority comes from heaven and you are given eternity and your life is in abundance from today until you meet Jesus Christ. But however, while you are living here on earth, Paul is reminding the church, you know what? You need to have unity because that's part of being a citizen of heaven. Stop fighting. You must be united. If there's any encouragement, share with one another in humility and with apathy. Because in doing so, you are able to reach out to others. And sometimes we forgot that we are citizens of heaven. We are deceived by the devil. We have thoughts in our mind that we hold on to things and situation and bitterness instead of holding on to Christ, our treasure. But this afternoon, through this passage, Paul is reminding us, remember, you must live as citizens of heaven. Live as Christian. I remember a story that I used to share a lot in baptism class about how sometimes people are deceived and yet they do not know. It's about this uh, story of these brothers. You know, the elder brother and the younger brother used to play in the living room and one day, the younger brother accidentally knocked a very expensive vase uh, that the mom really loved and prang! It, it broke into pieces and you know the elder brother and like most elder brothers oh mommy gonna scold you and then of course in most situations the younger brother says shh you don't tell you know we blame it on the cat that we have <laughs> so they blame it on the cat and then the elder, elder brother said that I promise not gonna tell mommy okay and so the mom believed them and much later when they were doing chores the mom said, you know, they told the elder brother, it's time for you to sweep the floor. The elder brother said, oh no, my, my brother volunteered. He volunteered to sweep the floor for me. And then the younger brother said, I didn't. He said, you did. Remember that day? You promised me? <laughs> and he said, oh yeah, I remember, I remember. He swept the floor. And then swept the floor. The next day, cleaned the dishes. Every time the younger brother denied that, the elder brother will point a finger and say, remember that day? Huh? And he said, yeah, 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 you do it. And then finally, he was so upset. The younger brother was so upset. He decided, you know, I'm going to confess my sin to my mom. I don't care. I cannot be bullied like this. So he went to the mom and said, mom, with tears in his eyes, he said, you know what? It was not the cat. It was me. And you know what mom said? The mom said, I already know. When you broke it, I saw it through the window. Oh. Then the brother said, how come? Don't tell me. The mom said, I want to wait to see how long you allow your brother to bully you like this. <laughs> and you know the next day when the brother pointed a finger, the brother said, point lah. Doesn't matter anymore. And that's it. And today I think the devil is pointing fingers to many people. And sometimes instead of holding on to Christ, we hold on to other things. I want to end off, instead of 
from chapter 3 going to chapter 4, I go backwards. <laughs> because I felt like, you know, the scripture for us as Paul was sharing in chapter 2, to me was the crux. Was the crux of what Jesus has done for all of us. And it says in Philippians 2, 4, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, the mind of Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death, on the cross. And verse 9, Paul was quoting Isaiah 45, 23, a poem that Isaiah said. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, our King, our Saviour, our Beloved One. He rescued you and you have a home in heaven where you will live forever. The church is not a museum for good people. It is a hospital. It's a hospital for those who are broken. And if you are broken, you have come to the right place. If you need Jesus, come and receive healing from Him. And as we close, I'd like us to use this song as a response. Here I bow before him, the King of kings, the hope of glory. Shall we stand? Glorify in all things 
as the musician continue to play the music. Maybe some of us here, you have never bowed before Jesus. Or maybe you have confessed that He is Lord, but you have never bowed and live your life as though He is your Lord. And if that's you, whether you're online or on-site, can I invite you to open your heart today to receive Jesus Christ not just as your Savior, but as your Lord, the King, who will be enthroned on the throne of your heart, that He will take rulership from today onwards and you will treasure Him in your life. If that's you at the count of three, I want you to stretch out your hand and say, that's me. Right, I see many hands stretch out. One, two, three, come on. Stretch out your hand if that's you. Come, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for those who have stretched out their hands and say today we make you, Lord Jesus, not just as our Savior, but as King, as Lord, as the one who will rule our hearts and we will treasure you with our hearts. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves before you. We know the church is not just made out of full-time workers. The church is made out of broken people that is empowered by the Holy Spirit that will make a difference in this world and beyond. And so we know that God, you have anointed us to go forth and multiply ourselves so that, Lord, people out there who are broken can receive your love. So use us, Lord, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, before we end the service, you know, I thought I would end off with another story because, uh, you know, last week it was the day of the trumpets. I thought I'd better mention uh, two days later is the day of atonement, right? Uh, but yet on this day, you know, Jesus Christ actually become the, the sacrificial lamb. But I want to tell you, you know, in Malaysia there was a story about this boy that was born in 1976. Sad story, 19, 1967. <laughs> you know, the boy actually, uh, no lah. <laughs> because this boy born in Malaysia, can we see a photo of this uh, very handsome young kid? Uh? This boy later on grew up <laughs> and uh, his birthday is on the Day of Atonement. <laughs> and he's none other than our senior pastor. Anyway. And, and so I thought, on behalf of the church, we want to tell you that we love you very much. And uh, although your birthday falls on, you know, the Gregorian calendar is different. It falls on the same day as the Hebrew calendar, we will not make you the sacrificial lamb because Jesus already done so. You also don't need to be the scapegoat, but we do have your beautiful wife is holding on a birthday cake, so we will sing the happy birthday song together. Happy birthday. And in honor of SP, we will let you uh, do the benediction. Thank you, everybody. Actually, I was born in the year of the goat, you know. So, <laughs> the year of the scapegoat, I did it. <laughs> anyway, let us, uh, let's thank God. Lord, we thank you for family. We thank you for friends. We thank you for the love that we share with so many uh, one of us. But above all, Lord, we thank you for your love for every single one of us. So, Lord, today, even as we go from this place, may your blessing and your love accompany every one of us. Keep our eyes fixed on the big things of life and not get caught up in the small things of life. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with all of us now and forevermore. Amen. 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 Service is over. God bless all of you.